Blog Talk Radio. They said you wouldn't make it so far. And ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry. Cause you had never let it go inside. You worked too hard. You know exactly what you want and need. So believe. And you can never give up. will be open the second part of the show and that number is 516-387-1936. Also the chat is open and to go to the chat go to blogtalkradio.com get into it with Tina Conroy and you can chat with us and join our conversation. Well hello everyone it has been quite a while and I am so always welcome and grateful to be back with all of you. How are everyone doing? The summer has gone by, and for me, it's very bittersweet. The duality of leaving the summer and the carefree days, doing many things that we don't get to do in New York because the summer seems so short. And then that other part of embracing September, embracing change, embracing organization, embracing schedule. Yesterday in my yoga class, I spoke about this how we play with duality. We play with the feeling of missing or longing or sadness of letting the summer go and then also an anticipation of something new. And I explained to everyone and especially myself as well that we vacillate between the two. We find ourselves in the next couple of days. It's only September 8th. It's been a little bit of a slow Labor Day, so we had a later Labor Day that we will feel different emotions at different times. So like we start most shows, I would like to center and connect. So if you can, go ahead and close your eyes. Feel your feet on the ground so you can feel rooted and grounded on the earth as we move to this new shift of energy in September. Take a nice, long, deep breath in and exhale away. And as we do that one more time and you inhale in, receive the inhale. And on the exhale, allow it to be an emptying out, a release. So go ahead and inhale one more time and exhale away. As we take a moment and we shift and feel the changes, we acknowledge there could be this duality, this bitter sweetness and sadness of letting go of summer and moving into autumn and fall. I bless each and every one on this call and listening after on the podcast. And may everyone move with change, with grace and ease. I call upon the angels, the archangels, Archangel Michael for courage and support, 
Archangel Gabriel, and all the angels to support us with our new endeavors as we move forward. Please feel free to place any intentions that you may have. And in gratitude, we thank and support, and so it is. So I'm very excited to talk about change. Change has been something that has been happening very quickly to me as well. And it happens all the time. But I know for most of you do know that my daughter left for college. She's my youngest, my second. And it is a bit of a change. In the beginning, I just wanted her to be adjusted. It's only been a few weeks. And then today, I felt, again, that sense of missing her and going into her room, and things are very different around the house. So I embracing change as well as so many of, of, of each one of us that we talk about change. And so I'm so delighted to have my guest on. Before I bring her on the air, I wanted to pull a card for the show. And the card I chose is Freedom. It's a beautiful card. It shows an angel with dolphins or arms are outstretched. And it says, you're free to do what you choose. I really like this card. And of course, there is no coincidence that we're getting this card. Freedom to choose, to make the choices, and to move with ease and grace. So I, I love that idea of the dolphins. They, they move with grace and ease through the water as gracefully as they can. Dr. Constance Clancy Fisher is a licensed and nationally certified mental health therapist, hypnotherapist, holistic stress management instructor, and author. She holds a doctorate degree from Nova University in Education and master's degree from Sam Houston State in Counseling Psychology. Connie has practiced privately as a counselor, life enhancement coach, and consultant for over 25 years in Southwest Florida. She has been a speaker on various topics related to stress, change, and healing trauma. She has facilitated wellness retreats and mindfulness meditation classes throughout the country. Connie is involved with facilitating attitudinal healing groups and insights at the Aspen Chapel and currently serves on the Aspen Chapel Administrative Board. She is the author of two books and also recorded a wellness meditation CD. Her first book, Surviving Stress with a Healing Heart, was published in 2002. Her most recent book, The Gift of Change, published in 2013. Connie has focused her postdoctoral studies in the areas of mind-body medicine, stress management, and spirituality, hypnotherapy for positive change and optimal living, including age and weight management. Connie lives in Old Snowmass with her husband, Bob, her two Labrador Retrievers, Anna and Ari, and Snooky the Cat. I am so delighted to have her on the show. Hello, Connie, are you there? Yes, hi, Tina. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, and it's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so glad that it worked out here, and uh, I was talking about my changes, and as we move into the new year, it's just a perfect, perfect segue uh, for all the work that you do, and, and I'm so excited for all the listeners to uh, to be able to meet with you uh, through the radio waves. Oh, that's great, and thanks, everyone, for listening in. 
because there's so much to talk about with regard to change. And I loved what you had to say, Tina, just about what you're going through and how you know that we're ever-changing, our world is constantly changing. It's inevitable, but change is natural. Right, absolutely. So before we even get into change, maybe we could just share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, how you you have been drawn to this topic. Yes, you know, back around 2011, 2012, I started writing about change because I was going through a lot of changes myself, um, mostly positive, uh, but you know, even positive change can produce a little bit of anxiety. I got married for the first time at age 53, and talk about change, that was quite an adjustment. While it was very exciting and a very happy time for me, and I, while I'd lived in Southwest Florida for many years, I was drawn to the Colorado Rockies for about 15 years now, and I really wanted to be here more on a regular basis, and yet still be in Southwest Florida. So thank goodness there are airplanes. So right mm-hmm. now I practice more in uh, the Colorado Rockies. I live in Old Snowmass, Colorado, which is just outside of Aspen. And I still practice a little bit in Florida. I go back in the winter months because my family is there, friends, and I have some clients. And so when I wrote the book, The Gift of Change, a lot of it was pertaining to my own changes that I was going through. Okay. And so you work, I know you you work a lot with healing and trauma and different groups. So the, you, and, and also, so you just, you, it was very pertinent, I guess, to you to speak about this topic because you see it not only with yourself but with other people as well, other clients as well. Absolutely. Uh, over the years, the clients whom I've worked with, a lot of them were in some sort of transition, which is very natural. And I just thought to myself, you know, we really need to understand or learn how to embrace change rather than fear it and resist it, because that seems to be what we do. You know, with change, there comes so much anticipation of fear or fear of the loss of what we already know and so much resistance. And I thought, you know, instead of having to go through all this resistance, why can't we learn to embrace it and go with the flow and learn how to not be a crisis but an opportunity for learning and personal growth? Right. Oh, absolutely. I feel like change, you know, some people will say, oh, I do well with change, and other people say I I don't do well with change. But overall, it does bring up this, I want to say, anxiety or stress that things are, you know, for a majority of people that we're not in control. So, you know, how do we, what do we do? You know, there's so many things that are out of our control. And um, I know we could talk a little bit about stress, too, because you did write a book earlier, Surviving Stress with a Healing Heart. And so I'm sure it's it's combined, you know, stress and change. Um, yes, it so, really is. In fact, in the book, uh, The Gift of Change, I have a lot written about stress because with change, there does come a, a great deal of stress. And, you know, I love the old Chinese proverb that reminds us, as I said before, that change doesn't have to be a crisis, but an opportunity for learning and personal growth. And if we can learn some tools to manage our stress, which I'll be happy to talk about today, then that is going to help us learn that these are more challenges than anticipatory fears. 
So we have to learn a little bit about what stress is, just what it can do to us physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So if we can learn to manage and transform our stress, then we're going to be able to much better transform change. Right, and I love that in the in the beginning of the book. I know in the foreword and also in the introduction, you talked about the um, Chinese proverb, and then in the foreword, um, it was that you know there is no word for stress in the Chinese language, and uh, he was saying yeah, that opportunity. it's an opportunity. And uh, how wonderful is that not to even have that word, right? I mean, that's amazing. Right, and yeah. So, we tend to use it a lot, and, and again, I use those words interchangeably because with change, there does come stress, but, you know, so often, once we've gone through the change, we're right in the thick of it, we wonder, how am I ever going to get through this? But then once we've gone through it, only to realize that it was really a growth experience and one of the best things could have ever happened, maybe even a blessing in disguise. So perhaps if we just don't fear it, but rather embrace it, it would flow more easily. And we can see the gifts that change can bring, although you might not realize it at the time you're going through it. Sure. I know most of the time when I, and I, and the spiritual practices of change, it's, you know, we speak so often of that, that there's a lesson with the blessing or blessing with the lesson. So as you're going through something very difficult, it's challenging to see where you are at the moment, but we're going to learn so much. And I always say and have heard many times that in the difficult times is where we really truly learn and we really truly grow. You know, we call it a, a growth period um, or, you know, that's we're moving so quickly. And then as we look back, just like you said, you're able to say it wasn't easy. It was not um it was not fun, and it may have been a little painful, but, boy, did we learn a lot. Absolutely. And, you know, I've done a lot of reading over the years, and sages, spiritual luminaries remind us repeatedly that we can get through the crisis, and we can either be a victim or a victor, and it's really up to us. And I always tell people at any given moment, we have a choice. We can choose to be the victim or we can choose to be the victor. And growth cannot occur without change and risk. We would just be stagnant. And what would that be like? That wouldn't be too much fun, would it? <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Sometimes we want that when we're going through such tough times. But in the reality, you're exactly right. How much fun would that be? That's so true. I love that. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, we, we go through change. It, well, really, it started when we were in the womb, when you think about it. We go through developmental stages from birth until we physically leave this earth. So at any given moment, you know, we're changing. Just like, uh, you know, our lives are ever-changing, our world is ever-changing. And change can be anything from little minor everyday changes, like we change our clothing, we change our hair, you know, the seasons change. We're in a seasonal change right now. Even though we might not feel it, I think New York's pretty hot today, but uh, we're going through seasonal changes. It might be a geographical move. It might be a, a change in job or career. Maybe you're moving into retirement. And we go into major changes in our lives, going through some sort of loss, maybe a major loss like a a divorce or a death of a spouse or um, a financial loss. Um, We've had so much of that happen over the last few years, a loss in investments, which 
certainly changes so much of our entire world when we have that happen. Maybe change in declining in health or not being able to do as much as we used to or um, a memory decline, um, age-related cognitive decline. I know a lot of people going through that right now. And on a spiritual nature, people may be questioning their own faith, especially if they have experienced some sort of major loss and change in their life. Maybe they're questioning their meaning, their purpose in life. So any other changes that people might be facing right now, you know, there's going to be all kinds of feelings that are associated with those changes. They might have certain physical changes in their body. Um, they might have emotional changes, all kinds of feelings associated with those changes. But know that this is essential and it is a part of life. Mm. Now, I know that as you work with clients and you work with um with different people going through different changes, you also are a hypnotist. A hypnotist? Hip, am That's I saying correct. it right? I do uh, okay. hypnotherapy, right. Okay. And, and while that really is, there's so many myths about uh, hypnotism because we see the stage shows and the hypnotists right. um, <laughs> making people do funny things. Um, the kind of hypnosis that I do, it's called hypnotherapy. It's clinical hypnosis. And basically all that is is relaxed, focused concentration where we just access the subconscious mind. We really operate from the sub- subconscious level about 95% of the time. So when we can access the subconscious in a relaxed state, we can make some incredible positive changes through deprogramming those old negative thoughts and habits and behaviors into shifting into a positive mindset and accessing all the positive changes we want to make. Okay, so it's it's getting the body, it's similar to meditation, a meditation practice, would you say? Very similar to a meditation. Um, okay. The other type of work I do is called mindfulness-based stress reduction, and this mm-hmm. is modeled after John Kabat-Zinn's mindfulness program that he started through the University of Massachusetts Medical Center years ago, and since then he's... Um, worked with many, many laypersons uh, and professionals on teaching mindfulness. We actually, um, and I know we haven't spoke about this, but the, where I work at practice in Roslyn in New York, one of the partners, the owners of practice, is runs the, M, uh, the MBSR program. So we actually have okay. her running the program. So I'm a little, I have not taken the program, but we, we run it for, uh, it's a 10-week course. And um, yes. she's, she's a psychologist as well, so I'm a little aware of that. And people, you know, that have gone through the program, have, you know, really uh, found some some great, great, amazing um, help and and facilitated their support, and you know, have done that too. So it's interesting we're having the same connection. I'm around that um, in a, as the wellness center at practice. So uh, I well, love the whole it, it, idea of mindfulness. Yes, and it is so evidence-based after all these years of research on it. It can help clients manage anxiety, um, and it's also a, a practice for actually befriending fear, if that makes sense, because you know some degree of fear and anxiety is a part of the change. And for some people, these emotions can be just truly debilitating. So keeping them trapped in cycles that can lead to depression and even chronic pain. So the mindfulness program has been evidence-based to show that 
we can overcome these fears and anxiety and we really can increase our capacity to live with anxiety um, and it really helps because anxiety is so unpleasant and we might gravitate toward dangerous situation and yet it's important that we understand that just cultivating that present moment awareness can really make a difference in lowering anxiety, lowering chronic pain, and really helping live with anxiety. Um, it's, it's basically a mindfulness-oriented approach, and it, it really it does increase the capacity to bear anxiety. Right, which is, which is and, you know, I love when things get very popular. You can tell, like, lately with mindfulness and, you know, it's been around for quite a while, but it's on the magazine, you know, Time magazine cover, and then, um, you know, Anderson Cooper did that 2020 piece, and it became, oh, wow, what's that? <laughs> so, But it's all good because people right. have the awareness now. Right. We've really noticed that in our culture that mindfulness has caught on, and it's kind of a buzzword now, and we hear mindfulness just in everyday living, you know, mindful eating, mindful walking, Mm -hmm. paying attention and cultivating that present moment awareness. But that is something that is hugely important to help us not resist change, because we resist change out of fear. This is very Mm -hmm. common. Right. Right. So... To help the the listeners, I know we have some tools that you want us to uh, to talk about to deal with change, or should we just kind of jump into why it's so hard for people to change? What what do you what do you feel you see in all your studies and the people that you work with? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I think that we can definitely go over some tools. And what I like to tell people is, you know, obviously what I just said that we do resist change out of fear. Um, Again, we fear the loss of the known because it's very, very scary to sort of navigate without a map into uncharted territory. And right now, I think more than ever, like you said at the beginning of the show, Things are changing so, so quickly. There is so much uncertainty, and it does bring about that natural state of fear and that fearing of yielding to that uncertainty. So we've become quite accustomed to what we know and what's familiar to us, even if it causes discomfort. Sometimes we stay in that zone just because it's too scary to change. And and people find it difficult to understand and let alone comprehend maybe even why um, abused women remain in abusive relationships rather than leave. Um, They stay in that victim consciousness and they see no way out because they live in total fear. And it's too scary, even though they live in that fear, to yield and make a change to get out. So it, it takes a lot of courage to change. Um, you know, resistance is just another limiting belief, though, that we've manufactured in to protect other limiting beliefs. So what I'd like to do is when you're, talk to you about when you're experiencing resistance to change, ask yourself whether your fears are a result of situations that occurred in the past and if they really have any relevance to situations you're facing right now. Because so often, We hold on to the past, and we have a hard time letting that go. And if we could just learn to open ourselves up, like you said, Tina, to the grace of change and surrender what we need to just relinquish and accept the new that follows 
we're going to feel so much less fear and far less stress than if we continue to resist the change. Does that make sense? It does. And I and I also think it, it, I had this situation even as close as today talking to a client that this, the fear is truly in the past. And we can even say in child, you know, obviously go back to childhood and in relationships, but, you know, I won't even go into maybe past lives, but this, um, this fear of something from the past, and you're right, if you, that's such a good tool because when you bring it to the new situation, we, most people are bringing the old baggage, right? They're bringing the old fear into the new one instead of looking at it with a clean slate. You know, they're, um, and it may be emotions such as, you know, Fear is obviously under overlying big topic, and then you can have blame or guilt or whatever. But um, but that's so true. They they're bringing that fear from the past, and so you're saying take a step back and what just look at the new, and see if you're bringing that old fear into it, the new situation. Right, right, okay. absolutely. Because you know right. if they don't have any re- relevance to the situation you're facing now. You know, it's important to let that go, and we need to work on letting that go anyway and surrendering to the new, because the new, if we shift that negative and fear base to a positive mind shift, it's going to make all the difference in our lives, in the moment, and in our future. Because anxiety really comes from thinking about the future, what's ahead, and we don't want to face it because we're so afraid. So then we stay in that comfort zone, which oftentimes is fear, but that's doing us a terrible disservice when we can really live more fully in the present moment. Right. I find that a lot with people, that the the fear, it's it's like exactly what you said, that it's easier to stay in the fear. What is that that saying, Connie? It's it's the devil we know, or I don't even know the, the, it's almost like, oh, what's that uh, phrase? It's almost, it's easier, it's what they're saying. I don't remember the phrase per se, but it's easier to say, stay with what we know, right? It's almost, it's right, just, right. right? It's easier to stay with what we know and continue to just revel in that fear of the loss of what we know. Because that, in a way, sometimes comfort is discomfort, and discomfort mm-hmm. is comfort. Yeah, if, yeah. That, if that resonates with you. And that's what so many of us do, as opposed to yielding and embracing that uncertainty. Ram Das has a saying, you know, invite it in for tea, welcome it in, uh-huh. and ride it out. And, and that sounds just like so scary to so many people. If we could just try that and get through it instead of avoiding it and going around it and, and just bringing that awareness in and invite it in and just ride it out and then we come out on the other side so much better but i will yeah i will talk to you about and again i'm going to use um stress and change sort of interchangeably um first of all you know we have all these stress hormones when we have certain stress responses fight or flight or freeze or um and that's the one where we use so much adrenaline and cortisol which our bodies are not really designed to, to be in that state all the time, yet our stress mechanism is instinctual. And it's good that it is built into our DNA. Otherwise, we might go out into oncoming traffic or we might do something crazy or walk in a strange neighborhood at 2 a.m. in the morning or something like that. So we need to have that survival instinct. But, but we have these stress hormones that if we don't get them flushed out 
and they're going to wreak havoc on the body, and they're going to wear and tear on the physical body. So one of the things I like to say is just flush the stress hormones away by movement, whether it's taking a walk, a jog, a bike, or a swim. Um, I always say to people, exercise in any form is the right exercise for you, whatever you like. There's no one right way, but it's releasing the endorphins and getting the stress out of the body, and that's the good stress, or eustress, we call it, and that negates the negative stress that is the chronic stress that's that wear and tear on the body day in, day out, and that's what gets scary because that can lead to so much depletion and it can lead to heart condition, it can lead to a depressed immune system and suppressed immune system, and, and that's when things start to go south, mind, body, spirit, and emotions. So what we want to be able to do is work with the whole, the, the mind. We want to be doing something that activates our intellect every day. We want to be doing something physical every day, washing these stress hormones away, you know, Exercise is the next best thing, I think, to the fountain of youth. And again, mm-hmm. do something that you like, something that feels good to you. And the um, emotional part, we want to be able to wake up and feel good. You know, wake up and, and say, you know, great, it's morning, instead of, ugh, it's morning. <laughs> and right. So we want to wake up, and after we've reset the body clock of having a wonderful night's sleep, you know, go out, step into nature. That is so very vital. And I know in New York you've got a lot of concrete, a lot of city, but somehow find a way to find some park, find some nature, a riverbank, a greenhouse, a garden, maybe even the nearest floral shop, and just find time to get out and be in nature because that is very healing. And I think if we can just learn the art of relaxation, learning, <laughs> excuse me, some breath work, mm-hmm. and being able to breathe in nice, deep, relaxing breaths, and tell yourself, I'm breathing out stress and tension. And whether you're sitting in traffic or you're anticipating a change, you know, muscle tension is the number one symptom of stress. So allow yourself to relieve this muscle tension. Um, because over time it distorts body posture and it even can compromise some organ functions. So try to get a massage or some rothing or reflexology, um, anything to relieve muscle tension. Work with your breath. That will help you restore your sense of inner peace and calm. And, you know, what was regarded as a luxury years ago is now considered, I think, a necessity for <laughs> our fast-paced techno-stressed world and information age that we live in. Um, If you sit at a desk all day, take breaks every hour, get up and stretch, close your eyes, practice some mindful breathing, because if you're there all day long, um, you're going to tense up, and this is not good on the physical body or the emotional body. Right. I think Um, we... I was just going to jump in and say that we are are moving closer and closer or more and more to uh, more awareness that organizations and companies have mindfulness programs or meditation programs or yoga programs, you know, however you want to 
It's just allowing us to start to say that this is really important. You know, it used to be a little woohoo, and it's right. getting less less woohoo. You know, like you'll hear you'll hear big companies that have meditation rooms or quiet rooms. Whatever they have, different wellness, and even perhaps their companies, their benefits will encourage their employees to to be part of different wellness groups. Um, I, I hold a meditation class uh, that holds at a, a hospital uh, through a cardiac rehab, and I was so glad to find out that this year, for the first year, they funded all the you know the cardiologists funded the money for it, so it's complimentary. And so they really the cardiologists have found that a lot of the the patients that are recuperating from open heart are now able to come complimentary as part of their program. And not that it was a very expensive prior, but now they're really putting the the backing to their their post surgery or even their you know their pre surgery, post surgery, um, pre op and um I'm excited to start that, but I'm seeing more and more people getting on board and it becoming less woohoo and more mainstream. You know, it really is, Tina, and I'm seeing that nationally as well. I've worked at different places throughout the country at um, health spas or um, athletic um, facilities and have done the mindfulness-based stress reduction programs. Hospitals are starting to get on board with this and realizing that it is more mainstream and it does have so much benefit. So, again, if you're in an office building or you're someplace where you have the opportunity to embark on something like this, please do because you will be amazed at how much it can help you. And, the, you know, the human body, it, under optimal conditions, it's going to age more slowly. So it's going to be created through our lifestyle choices and this is where all this comes in with learning to just keep our stress at bay. And, and you know, there's also emotional, excuse me, emotional health management. And that means cultivating healthy, nurturing relationships with others. You know, we grow with love, not criticism. So spend time with people who you like to be around, who, who have a high vibration so your vibration can be raised. And if you spend time with people that you enjoy and you practice your own extreme self-care and it's okay to say no, that means a yes for you. Spend time with your pets. If you don't have pets, go to a shelter and walk an animal. There's such a need for that. And there is research that being around pets can be very calming and stress-reducing as well. So that's another way to work on your emotional health, health management for change if you're not doing any of this. And so another way to maintain low levels of stress and conflict and worry and a positive attitude is maybe when you get up in the morning and you're just quiet for a few moments, reach for a notebook paper or pad or journal and write a gratitude list, maybe five to ten things you're grateful for. And that sets such a beautiful tone for the day. And remove things from your life which are no longer aligned with your highest good, whatever that may be. If it's drinking too much or um, not getting enough rest or getting too much sleep and not being motivated. You want to be able to learn to passionately pursue goals in life. And I think another huge thing in terms of making a change, if you're not doing this already, have some fun. 
Um, humor mm-hmm. is huge. And, you know, you need to learn to unplug. Don't be at, tethered to your Blackberries and iPhones and computers. Like, we're such a nation of techno-stress anymore that we forget to unplug and go out and play. And a healthy lifestyle is the key to really sustaining change. And this is a part of being healthy, is having the ability to have fun. Right. Yeah, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to jump in there because the um, I know you work a lot also with people of weight management and healthy lifestyle. And part of my coaching is working with people to create healthy habits and lose weight if that's you know one of their goals. And it's so very true to um to have fun and to you know instead of looking at like a burden but the healthy lifestyle is going to afford you you know i have some clients that you know um you know have 80 pounds plus to lose and um it keeps them in the you know i'm going back to the fear but it keeps them in the fear because they've been in these habits they've been this size they they want to make the change they they want to play with their grandchildren or they want to not have a, a seatbelt extender um at the plane or go to disney world i mean these are most people take these things for granted but they have such a hard time um you know obviously it's habits Forming, but they have such a hard time in letting go of that fear because it's all they know. All they know is to get up and reach for maybe the unhealthy choice, and then they find themselves, we go through this whole period of, I can't do this, or this is too hard. Um, but the people that really can let that fear go and say, I really want this healthy lifestyle, I really want to um, be able to do these things and, you know, take a walk, you know, I mean, it's it, you know, some people have, you know, when we're talking about different things that are holding us back without the healthy lifestyle, there's a lot that they cannot do. So um, it kind of just made me think of that, you know, how it's so important. And then also to have fun with it. So think of it as, look at what I'm doing for me. Look at how how great I can feel and what a wonderful thing I'm doing. Instead of sort of like a burden, you know, sort of like, I want to have fun and enjoy life and go to the beach and walk around and take a ride and, you know, whatever, you know, go to the amusement park. So uh, fun is so important. It's such a high endorphin. It's such a wonderful thing. It really is. And and there's even something you can do. You can collect, um, you know, maybe jokes or photos or, you know, just comics or whatever and put them in what I call a tickler notebook and refer to it as often as you can for your humor resource. And, you know, just laugh every single day because it's great medicine for the mind, the body, and the spirit. And remember to avoid sarcasm because that really only promotes stress and anger. And laughter loosens up the solar plexus and it just really makes you feel good. And if you don't know what to laugh at, you know, pop in a funny video or watch a a rerun of Saturday Night Live or something that's going to give you some laughter in your life on a daily basis. So I think that's really important if you're not doing that to help make the change to find one funny thing to laugh at each day. And I think something else that's really important is, um, you know, a lot of us do listen to music, but make music therapy a part of your day-to-day life, whatever it is that you like. Um, Of course, if you want some relaxation, you might want to listen to um, just some soothing spa music or some classical music. But, you know, it's very soothing and very calming to do that. And explore new melodies that give your mind a little mini-vacation and 
can soothe that savage beast that resides in you when your tension <laughs> runs high. And we talked about meditation, but, um, you know, I think uh, one of the things you can also do with relaxation is create a little bit of a, a survival kit, if you will. Um, stressful times can call for clever measures. So um, if we take in information through our five senses, and too much information overloads our system. And so if we can use the five senses to relax, maybe gathering some items to soothe the body through sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell um, could be really, really helpful just to put like maybe some, uh, a vial of lavender in your kit, um, maybe some wonderful pictures of beautiful places in the world maybe that you've been or you want to go, um, maybe a classical CD or um, some Belgian chocolate truffles <laughs> for mm-hmm. taste. And um, don't forget to replace those chocolates, though. That's important. Um, and just eat also for a healthy immune system because, as I said earlier, that chronic stress tends to suppress the immune system. And if you can eat healthy, nutrition, nutritious foods, um, we want to be able to keep those essential nutrients in our mind, in our body, our spirit, and our emotions, and know that that chronic stress depletes those nutrients even more quickly. So good quality food helps negate uh, all that stress. And the reason I'm talking so much about stress is because it's such a part of change. And so really I think what we want, we want the power to achieve whatever we set our attention to achieve. And most of us have the power to do whatever we set our intention to do. And we have to ask ourselves, what's most important to us? What do we really want? And at the deepest level, I really think that most people want the same things, to be happy, successful, to have meaningful relationships with family and friends. And looking at your life, ask yourself what causes you to be happy and successful and find a way to link a healthy lifestyle to fulfilling your deepest goals in life in these areas. And that truly is the key to sustaining change. And people have the highest motivation when they're connected with fulfilling their most important and authentic goals in life. Then your change is going to flow so much easier. Mm. It's all really, really good, great tools. I love that. The senses I love, too, because... As I'm as I'm speaking to you and as I broadcast, I always burn incense. So right before ah. I get on, there's always there's always this little anxiousness of just going on the air and I have this ritual. So I, I burn the incense and I say my little prayer and just let you know, it be healing for everyone who's listening and I I just have that incense really calms me. The minute I smell it, it just kinda of says, Okay, you know, we're ready. I mean but I love that with the senses, the the smell, the sight. Um, the pictures you said and and taste and so I love that little survival guide so that's really great um, really great things thank you so much for all that you're sharing well you're welcome and you know these are things that we just don't automatically think of so just bringing these things to our awareness can automatically help us make that positive shift and that's really what it's all about and you know people whom I've worked with professionally of all ages and I've known personally you know, I noticed some common traits. Is it all right if I share those? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, common traits of, of individuals who find fulfillment in their health and their well-being, again, on a physical, emotional, spiritual, and a, um, 
intellectual level, um, one of the things I've noticed is that they're very open-minded and they're willing to look at the facts and broaden their horizons. And as the saying goes, I love this, minds are like parachutes. They only work when they're open. So just being (laughs) open-minded to change is huge. And just being willing to make those changes and letting go of, again, those self-limiting beliefs, those old ways of thinking, and just, again, embracing the unknown until it becomes the known. And just understanding how each change that individuals make for themselves in their lifestyle, it can give you immediate benefits. You can look better, be more vital, have more stamina, better relationships, and a better self-esteem when you make these positive changes. And just being able to link what gives important meaning to your life. Um, It gives people a strong and long-lasting motivation to sustain change and come to understand that the happier, the better the health outcomes are as well. Um, And just set the intention to make the diet, the exercise, the stress management, and developing better relations a lifelong quest. This isn't just something that we do in the short term and then we're done. This Mm -hmm. is a journey. This is a lifelong journey. And these people are attracted to people in situations who support them. You know, we all need that love and support. So they understand that they're investing in the long run for the whole, which is always greater than the sum of the parts. And the benefits, the dividends are the angel card that you picked today, freedom, Mm -hmm. self-esteem, independence, vitality, and just a better overall satisfaction with life. This is what change can bring, and these are the gifts if you just allow yourself to go with the grace and the flow of change. That's great. It's really good. Those comments, I love that. You know, you'll, you'll hear that too. Um, I'm sure there's been many different studies, but people that are positive and open-minded and have have you know have more people around them in a high vibration they they tend to be healthier they tend to live longer they tend to be more successful and you could use success in many ways but it all comes back down to you know it's like you said going back to what you said earlier about victim and victor and it's it's very true how we have to change that mindset and and move towards that healthy mindset and the, the you know those those common traits or shows us that how we can be, uh, we can embrace change and really make the difference. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, there must be times that it's just such a beautiful journey for you to see people that you've worked with that are, um, you know, so afraid of change and seem stuck or seem victim to change, and then they become the victor. There must be a, a there must be just an amazing feeling that you've helped them facilitate that and now they all the things they can do with their life. I mean, you know, I know for myself and I don't do this work as often as you do, of course, but just seeing some changes, it's just, it's, it's, it's just awe, you know, it's awe-inspiring. And, you know, we assist them, obviously, and we facilitate them, but obviously it takes the person to really own it and move forward, so... 
That is so true. And I, I tell clients, you know, I'm, I'm your guide. I'm your facilitator. I can provide the guidance, but you are the one that has to take the responsibility and own it and make that choice to move through whatever challenges you have and learn to embrace those challenges. And I'll guide you through it. But ultimately, it's so gratifying when the person takes that ownership and actually does the change themselves. And again, as humans, it's natural to resist, and yet we, you know, we love our creature comforts and we hold on to what we know. But I can tell you, even just taking those baby steps, one day at a time, one moment at a time, and just making small positive changes leads you to making more larger positive changes that in the end results in a, a much better life for you. Very much so. Very much so. So I'm just going to look. We have about, believe it or not, about 11 minutes left on our switchboard. So I just want to see if anybody has any questions and then I have a, a and then we can kind of see. So I do see people on the switchboard. If you have a question and would like to join the conversation about the gifts of change, please let me know by raising your hand. So I'm just kind of looking out on the switchboard. Just give me one second, Connie. Let's see. Anybody chatting? I'm looking at both of my places. Sometimes people just listen through the phone. So, okay, looks like everyone's shy. So, I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants That's to ask okay. a question. Okay. All right. So, I guess I want to ask this question, which is the the, the biggie kind of for me. Um, <laughs> um, what do you think about can we change other people or can we change anyone else? I mean, that must, that's a biggie. That's, that's like a big, well, I don't know, this could be another whole show, right? <laughs> right, it could be. But if anybody out there has actually changed somebody else, please let me know because I have no <laughs> clue how to do it. And uh, there's the old saying, the only person that likes change is a wet baby, and we can only change ourselves. We really can't change anyone else. You know, people can change behavior. The grain of our wood is set when pretty early on in life, you know, our personalities develop and we get uh, pretty thick-headed, but uh, we really can't change anyone else. They have to want to make the change. Um, so, again, we can change a wet baby, but that's as far as it goes, as far as I know. And if you've managed to change somebody else, uh, hey, I'd love to know your secret. Right. So it really comes down to the person wanting to make the change has to own it and really want to want to do it. And even if somebody else, like even a spouse or or someone in a committed relationship, you know, keeps hoping they're going to change. I see that a lot in emotional abuse, unfortunately, and and uh -huh. of course, you know, physical abuse. It's, you know, oh, I thought he would change or I thought she would change or I kept going back because, you know, he's not a bad guy. Um, you know, and right. I always say sometimes it's it's not that they're good or bad, they just may not be the person for you. Right, you know. and because, you know, we do have these expectations often that somebody will change. And a lot of times a person might say, you know, oh, I will change, or oh, I'm not going to do that behavior again, or I'm not going to repeat it. And sadly, because they don't have enough awareness within themselves or know how to make the change, they just repeat the same behavior, which can cause a lot of stress and, and hurt in the person wanting them to make the change. 
so you know i i hear that too you know we've always wanted our spouse to change perhaps or our our child or our parent and um unfortunately you know it just doesn't happen unless that person wants to take control perhaps get help talking to a counselor or a clergy person or a life coach and get some help and guidance in making that change then change can occur but the person has to be motivated and willing right and the other thing is is that what i see often which i'm sure you do is when it comes to personal change you know not maybe not like um or just like a personal change knowing they have to make a change say it's a habit or you know even something even more extreme like an addiction um sometimes they have to you know get to the dark night of the soul or hit rock bottom you know or really be at that point of I don't know what's the word um uh, yeah I I think that's true just you know that hitting rock bottom where they just don't know what more they can do and and sadly you know there there are people out there like that and and some of them choose not to because I think they're mm-hmm. so fear based right right Sure, sure. And when they, if they can rise, if they can get to that point, some, I mean, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to come up, right? So if you can, yeah. you know, some people do stay there, and that's not very unfortunately unfortunate. But the people that sometimes have to hit rock bottom or hit desperation or be on your hands and knees or, you know, crying like a baby, um, they, the only, if they can just turn that around and say, I need to change, I need to, I need to really work through this, I need to get help, and and reach out to someone like you that can help them, or reach out to, you know, support around them, and say, I'm ready to do this, you know, and it could be, like you said, all the areas, it could be the body image, it could be, you know, uh, a relationship that's very unhealthy, it could be, you know, so many things, but I do see sometimes that people have to get to that point where it's so desperate, where it's like, I need help. And, you know, thank goodness they have we have people like you that can step in and to really make that change and difference in their life because so many people need that support. They can't do it alone. And, you know, you're doing such amazing work with helping people with stress, with transformation, uh, with many different trauma I'm sure we haven't even touched upon. So... Right, right. That's a whole other show in itself. But you're absolutely right, Tina. And I think the most important takeaway from all of this, whether it's you're going through a major transformation or you know you need to make a change in your life of some sort, but you are living in fear or you don't even know how, that there is so much help out there. There are resources. There are resources in your community. There are resources in small communities. Um, If you can't afford the private sector, there are mental health um, facilities. Um, I know in Aspen we have something called the Hope Center. Um, we, We have many resources that are out there for people to get the help that they need. And for heaven's sake, you know, we're here to learn. We're here to um, be healthy, happy human beings. So if you do find that you're one of those that is going through some difficult times and challenges, please reach out because there is help available. Oh, that's great. Now, before we leave, I want to tell the listeners, I know that some of the listeners listening are all around the country. Um, Some may be local to me, but um, how can people reach you? 
What's your contact? Uh, they, so. can, uh, they can email me. They can go to my website and get all of my information. My email is on there as well. Um, if they're interested in my book, The Gift of Change, that is through Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. And it's also on Amazon, or they can give me a call. Uh, all of my information, again, is on my website, www.drconstance.com. And I'll be happy to um, take phone calls and, uh, and try to help anyone with getting um, the help that they need. I do teleconferencing. I can do Skype as well and um, Internet counseling. Oh, that's great. So, yes, again, everybody, it's the gift of change, and um, it's fantastic. I, am, I, I read it through, and I'm on my second read because that's, that's the kind of person I am. I like to read things more than once. And uh, feel free to reach out to Constance and also her first book, too, Surviving Stress, um, and fantastic. We, we, well, I can't believe how fast the show has gone. I'm so I know. Grateful. <laughs> I can't either. Like I said, there's so many topics that we could take a whole show to discuss, and uh, this really just is the tip of the iceberg. But I'm very grateful, Tina, that you had me on today to talk about these things, and and I certainly hope that some of the techniques that we discussed are helpful for your listeners. Thank you, and and they're helpful for me too. So I took notes while you were talking, and. I'm going to implement some of those as well that um, that I have not thought about as I move through my changes with you know, my children growing and going to college and, you know, just different things that have happened, you know, in the last, you know, couple of weeks really for me. So thank you so much for all the work that you do for inspiring others and really truly healing, being a true healer, helping many people with transformation and, and wellness and mindfulness. So Thank you so much for all that you do. I know it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you, Tina. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Well, have a fantastic day. Thanks again. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye, Bye now. Bye. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. What a fantastic show, talking about the gift of change. And like I said, it's a fantastic book. I'm on my second read. Um, and again, you can reach um, Constance at her website and uh, uh, feel free to reach out to her. And again, she is in Colorado, but she does many, many teleconferences. Her book is on through Balboa Press. And we will be back on the air next week. We are continuing with change. I will be doing readings next week, and I'll be having a few more guests as we talk about more changes and moving to this new, what I call sometimes the new year, because we have it feels like a new year in September. So stay tuned. Um, have a fantastic, blessed day. Namaste. They said you wouldn't make it so far. Ever since they said it, it's been hard But never mind the night you had to cry Cause you had never let it go inside You worked too hard You know exactly what you want and need So believe And you can never give up You can reach your goal Talk to your